Luke 11, 5 through 13. Then Yeshua said to them, Which of you has a friend and will go to him in the middle of the night and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Then from within he may answer, saying, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed, and I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even if the friend will not get up and give you anything out of friendship, yet because of the man's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it shall, shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? And if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Ruach HaKodesh to those who ask him? Thank you, Morgan. If you have been around our congregational mishpacha, our congregational family, I imagine you will have gotten the fact that we're big into prayer. And in, in some ways, you would think that uh, prayer is extremely basic. And of course, the Jewish answer is yes and no. Uh, because on one hand, prayer is essentially like the crying of a baby um, when they want something from mom and dad, um, particularly the mama son. Um, and if they don't get it instantly, um, the all-American um, give me now uh, kicks into motion and they scream and holler. Um, on the other hand, prayer is a mystery. Um, it is a mystery not because we are a mystery, but because God is a mystery. And uh, so our desire at Yeshua Tzion has been and continues to be to learn how to pray. And it isn't about mechanics. Uh, you're not going to be getting 10 easy steps to victorious praying. Um, I have a bunch of books at home about prayer. Um, but as Rabbi David pointed out last Shabbat, very succinctly, um, prayer is not about a method. Prayer is about a person. And it is not about so much about this person or that person. It is about God. And so what we have learned over the years and we're continuing to learn is that things that truly matter for us, uh, things that God has given us as a vision that we need to pursue only come as we learn to pray 
and persevere and persist in praying uh, for those specific things. Um, because it, it all has to be about God. And so, I don't know uh, how many folks um, experience the joys of the uh, the bomb cyclone. I know several of our folks were without power this week. How many were without power? Wow, okay. Um, the joys of living in Colorado, but this, more importantly for me anyways, was about the week of prayer, and I was delighted to see that a huge proportion of our folks signed up for prayer, because it tells me that God is bringing us together, and is giving us a united heart for prayer, uh, but I would say about 10, 10 days ago, I looked at the list and my um, my jaw sank, and I started to kvetch, as is my custom. And at some point, I realized that maybe instead of kvetching, I needed to, to pray and ask others. And lo and behold, uh, after praise night, the, um, the prayer sheet was completely filled which told me that it wasn't because we put on a uh, court, full court press, but because God was the one who was recruiting people to pray. Um, and so I wanted to review a little bit what uh, Rabbi David talked about um, in the parable of the unjust judge and then talk about the the parable of the pesky neighbor or pesky friend. Um, and if, if you have been around believing circles, if you have read scripture for any length of time, you know that both of these are very familiar passages. Um, but I was absolutely delighted last Shabbat um, to learn something profoundly new. Because I had read both of these uh, parables in Luke 18, then Luke 11, and had been taught from way back somewhere in the dim and distant past that what God expected us to do is to come pound on his door um, with complete and utter chutzpah, you know, complete shamelessness, um, until he gave us what it is that we wanted or needed. And listening to Rabbi David and coming back and rereading scripture, I realized, well, maybe that's not what the good book actually says. Um, a couple of points uh, about parables that you may or may not be aware of. Um, first of all, um, in Yeshua's teaching, a parable or, or the purpose, the point of the parable um, usually comes either at the very beginning, in which he says something like, let me tell you about such and such, and he gives a, he gives a story, and then at the very end, where he gives the punchline. So in Luke 18, uh, the beginning was, people should always pray and not give up. Why did he say that? Well, because we tend to give up, right? We pray, and we pray, and we pray some more, 
and the Almighty doesn't see fit to give us what we feel we need to have and according to our thinking, must have at this particular time. So what do we do? Well, we give up. And you're looking at me as if I'm the only person here who does that. And uh, he gives a story, and as Rabbi David pointed out, um, people squeeze all kinds of details out of the parable, which really w was not designed to be squeezed out of. Because remember that the punchline usually comes at the end of, of the parable. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is in Luke 18, verse 8. So, what is the parable? Is the parable about justice? No, it is about faith. In other words, do we trust God to answer our prayers? Again, the short version is yes and no. Because there are times we do, and there are, frankly, lots of times when we don't. So, um, this is not about techniques of prayer, uh, methods of prayer, uh, learning how to be good prayers, but it is learning more about who God is. Um, and yes, it is about persistence, but it is not about annoying God, because in both of these parables, what you'll see is that the people who are asking for something, wanting something, are frankly obnoxious. And do we really need to come to God and be obnoxious? Does, is he so indifferent to us that he will only answer us if we are obnoxious? I hope you can say no to that. Um, so prayer is a process. Not of learning to be better prayers, but learning to to know God more fully. And that's something, folks, for all of us, to one degree or another, is a lifelong process. And I like to think that a year from now, our congregational mishpacha would be more of a praying congregation than we are today. Because what it is that God has for us as a people will only come as we learn to trust Him, trust Him more fully and wait upon Him in confident expectation and get to know Him. So, Yeshua gives this uh, parable about the, uh, the friend and his neighbor. And what you may or may not realize is that this was a shocker. It was designed to get people to sit up and say, What? Uh, you're giving us a very unlikely story. Well, first of all, people didn't travel at, at night because you'll get robbed at night. Um, you, when sundown came, you look for a place to, to park or cave or something. Um, you didn't come to your neighbor at midnight and bother them. I mean, think about it. Would you want someone to come to you at midnight and pound on your door and say, I need a bunch of stuff, I just ran out? I think not. Um, again, unlikely scenario, but remember that Yeshua um, 
was in a sense a radical teacher, a radical preacher, um, des- uh, it, and his teaching often was designed to grab people's attention. Um, and so a lot of what we find in the, in the gospel accounts is frankly shocking because it was designed to get people's attention. So the person sitting on the inside is frankly miffed. He is none too happy. Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed with me. Lord have mercy. Uh, if you're a parent, you, you can recognize the full import of that statement. Um, I can't get up and give you anything. So basically what what the neighbor is saying is, go away. I don't think, um, I like to think that maybe some of us would be extremely generous hearted at midnight. I suspect that for many of us it would be like, uh, let's do it another time. And what we find in the story is that Yeshua talks about this uh, friend uh, as being pesky. And if you think about the, the life in a first century village, you know, the houses were fairly close. Uh, people knew each other. And here this guy is pounding in the door and yelling and saying, let me in, I need such and such. Um uh, Neighbors would likely open the windows and or the doors and look at this. The neighbors, the uh, the neighbor himself would be um, upset because everybody would come bothering him. So this is the story. Now Yeshua then gives his in- interpretation and application. Um, in verse 9, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Um, by the way, the, the Greek word for bold that is translated as boldness is also translated as audacity, shamelessness, and to use a Hebrew expression, chutzpah. Um, a man who uh, is either so desperate or um, has absolutely no qualms about bothering somebody else. So what is Yeshua then extracting from that story to tell us about prayer? Uh, first of all, is he saying that God is in bed asleep? Obviously not, because... He, who's, uh, he who watches over Israel never sleeps, no slumbers, not just over Israel. So God is not asleep. Um, is God looking for an optimal time for us to come and pray? It, does he say you can only come from such and such a time? You must not come and seek me and pray at midnight. Um I was grateful to see that a number of our folks sign up to pray at midnight um, because the Lord is very much awake. 
So again, we need to understand what Yeshua is saying, what is he is not saying. Um, again, does he say, throw a fit until God answers your prayer? No, obviously not. Um, so obviously God cannot be put into a box like that. So what is Yeshua saying? Verse, verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, in other words, here, here's the beginning of the application, the punchline. Ask, and the, the Greek there is, keep on asking, it will be given to you. Seek, and it continues seeking, and you will find, continue knocking, and the door will be open to you. So I don't know if you caught the tone of what Yeshua is saying here. First of all, it's a command. It is not, uh, if you feel like it, and if you had a good night's rest, and if you are uh, doing well at work and your family relations, then you should keep on praying. No. This is a command for you and I. It is not a suggestion for us to do whenever it is we really feel like. And that's why elsewhere in Scripture we find statements such as pray without ceasing. Not that we can actually pray 24-7, but to be in an attitude of prayer. For everyone who asks, receives. There's no shred of, of doubt here. And if you're, if you're like me, you probably heard a zillion different sermons on what you have to do in order to get God to answer your prayer, right? You have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to do the other. Well, Yeshua isn't giving any of those qualifications here. He's just making a general statement. Pray, keep on praying, God will answer. How does that work? That's a topic for a different conversation. And we'll be talking about that uh, during the next few Shabbatot. Um, so, again, what is Yeshua saying? What is he not saying? Is he saying anything and everything that you ask God, he will give you? I mean, for me, going to the mountains, hanging out um, in, in someone's rich condo is like, whoo! Heavenly. I get to do that once a year. Um, so, uh, I'm sure for each one of us, we have our so-called bucket list of things that we want God to, to give us, right? Uh, I guess I'm the only one who... Okay. Um, so, is, is this what Yeshua is teaching? You have things that you feel you must absolutely want to have and you keep on asking and God will give it to you. Well, again, Jewish answer, yes and no. Because God is a mystery. And unfortunately, folks, being silly, and frankly, it is silliness, is, is that we try to put God in a box and define him and put labels on him. And that really does not work because our brain is yay big or smaller 
God's brain is infinitely bigger. And God does not see fit to give us a full explanation of exactly who he is and what he does all the time. He reveals, as, as we know from, from the Torah, the secret things belong to God, but the, but the things revealed, he reveals to us why, so that we have a full head of, of knowledge and we're puffed up? No, so that we may follow and obey. So again, here is a command, a straightforward command, do and keep on doing. What's the punchline? The punchline is not that everything that you want or think you need, you will get. And by the way, this is in no way, shape, or form to minimize the fact that the Lord knows that we have legitimate needs. Um, he spends a bunch of time elsewhere in Matthew, particularly Matthew chapter 6, where he says, your heavenly Father knows the things that you need. He's not oblivious, as you think. He cares. And in his time, in his way, he will see to it that your needs are met. So that's off to one corner. What we're talking about is the bigger picture. Prayer is about getting to know who God is. And as Rabbi David pointed out last Shabbat, he uses a fairly typical rabbinic form of argument called called v'chomer, which means arguing from the lesser to the greater. If, if such and such is, is correct, then the bigger is, is much greater. In other words, statement like how much greater will such and such be? And you see Yeshua using that. You see Paul using it. And he talks about fathers and, and children, human fathers. You know, if the kid comes to, to dad and says, dad, I'm hungry. I, I want my cereal. Uh, will he go to the uh, uh, cleaner cabinet and pull out Clorox and pour it into a cup and give it to him? No, thank you. Um, and so he is saying, look, um, it is a natural thing for human fathers to be moved with compassion when their kids ask them for something. They, they ask and they receive. If this is the human fathers, the lesser, how much more so will the Heavenly Father give to those who ask? Now, to ask what for? Not for food or shelter or clothing, which are legitimate needs, but who ask for what, folks? Which good gift? The Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh. You say, what? I don't get it. I thought that all believers, all followers of Yeshua have the Holy Spirit. Again, the answer is yes, mostly, and no. Why? Because, A, we're told that we're given the Spirit of God. Yeshua made that very clear in, the middle in, in John 14, 15, 16, about the coming of the Spirit. 
However, as much of a mystery as it is, we need more of the Holy Spirit. A, because we're commanded. We're commanded. That's kind of strange, strange language. Be filled. Well, uh, how do I get be filled? I mean, do I come in and, and, and say, okay, God, here I am. Pour the Spirit into me. Well, basically, I remember listening one time to this old preacher, older than me. Um, not my usual habit, but, but this fellow had a real simple, common sense way of describing this. He said, look, you're driving a car, okay? And you're, you're seeing that you're fuel gauge is running kind of low, so what do you do? You pull into a gas station and you get f your tank filled up, okay? Spirit of God in us is actively involved in doing certain things. Yeshua said that the Spirit of God will lead us into all truth, that the Spirit of God will empower us to live godly lives, that the Holy Spirit will even pray in and through us in ways that we don't even know how to pray because we're clueless. And so somehow in our spiritual life, we look at our spiritual gauge and see that our spiritual gauge is running kind of low. And we pull into God's gas station and say, Lord, would you please fill me up? And this again... Like Yeshua's statement here in, in this parable is not optional. Okay, it's a non-negotiable. In other words, you and I are commanded to be running full of the Spirit as we live life. And recognize that when we're running low on the Holy Spirit, that we stop and, and don't say, okay, I'm going to continue, I'm going to do what I need to do, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. But we pause and say, Lord, please fill me. And that's what you say. I want to be filled. I need to be filled. I must be filled. What does Yeshua say here? Unconditionally. Absolute statement. If your human fathers will give you your cereal and et cetera, et cetera, how much more so will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, again, we can get into the theology here and, you know, that this was pre-coming of, of the Holy Spirit, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which to me is really pointless because Yeshua's statement stands that when we are in need of things in general, but particularly a greater measure, a greater amount of the, the Spirit of God to work in our life, we come and say that. Lord, would you please fill me up? I can't live for you. I can't do what it is you've called me to do. I have absolutely no means to do that. So if you want me to
to carry out the assignments you've given me, you've got to give me more of the Spirit. And come to the Heavenly Father knowing that He's not going to play with you. Why? Because this is the best that He has to offer. Yes, he understands that we need food, shelter, and clothing. And yes, we need restoration in human relationships, as Michael pointed out earlier today. We need to have forgiveness, restoration, so on. We need lots of things. God knows all of that. What is it that we need the most? Is we need the presence, the activity of the Spirit of God. Why? So that our relationship with God grows and matures and expands. Because, folks, that is what prayer is about. It's not us getting more things from God, but us learning more about who God is and having God fill the screen to a greater extent in our life. Because this is what God wants. And as we become more mature, in our relationship with God as we grow from being babies to being juvenile to being mature men and women of God, we understand that what matters most to God and by definition what should matter the most to us is the presence and the activity of the Spirit of God so that we can grow and do what it is God has called us to do. Because, folks, without that, Yeshua says we can do absolutely zip. It's kind of hard on the ego, isn't it? Because you like to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, without you, I can do a couple of things. But he says, without me, you can do absolutely nothing. And that's a tough reality. But when we learn when we grab onto that with both hands, both feet, then we recognize that what happens in our life has to happen because of the, of the working of the Ruach, the, the Spirit of God in us, to empower us to do what we're supposed to do. And this is where Yeshua's parable, Yeshua's teaching fits in. Pray, ask, and continue asking. Seek and continue seeking. Knock and continue knocking because it will be given to you. This particular issue, this particular score, we have absolutely no doubt that when we pray or as we pray, answers will be forthcoming. Why? Because, folks, we're praying and asking for something that is dear and near to the heart of God. And no, it's not part of our bucket list necessarily. But at some point, we understand that our Heavenly Father is so awesome and so good that even things on our bucket list He will give to us. Not just food, shelter, and clothing.
So, yes, there are all kinds of questions, folks. Um, I prayed, and I prayed, and I didn't get my prayer answered. Why did I not get my prayer answered? Is it my fault? Is it God's fault? Um, and, folks, you hear all kinds of unbelievable silliness coming from people trying to give rational explanation why God does what he does. Well, I have news for you. God does what he does because he does what he does. You know? Uh, again, highly un-American because it doesn't fit our way of doing things. But um, and, and, and you see that in the church. You see that in the synagogue. There was a, a book written by Rabbi Kushner. Is God both powerful and, and loving? Is he half powerful and half loving? Is he only powerful but not, you know, you can fry your circuits. <laughs> and uh, I've done enough of that. I'm done frying my circuits, thank you. Um, or God is busy and he can't be bothered, you know. <laughs> Again, what is prayer about, folks? It is not because I have something, I need something, I want something, I'm going to bug God and he's going to give it to me. I hope that when you walk out of here, that if you had that perspective, that it's gone bye-bye. Because it's all about our relationship with God. And especially during this season that we celebrate God's goodness through what he did in Purim, in, in Persia, that to me is an unbelievable example of that. Here, the people of Israel were on the verge of annihilation. I mean, this is like, this is like another holocaust that was just about to happen. And somehow, God turned the table through what seemed to be a coincidence or a number of coincidences. And at the end of the day, the people of Israel are living well in the land of their enemies. Why? Because a big chunk of it, I mean, obviously, first of all, because God is faithful. But the people got together and they prayed. They were definitely not what you call great intercessors, great prayers. Um... In fact, it seems like at this point in, in Israel's history, people are not exactly uh, highly observant. You know, they give their kids Babylonian names, like Esther was Ishtar and Mordechai was Marduk, Babylonian gods. They got together and they prayed. God answered. And that's what it's all about, folks. So as you wrestle, struggle with your own issues, your own needs, learn to put them in God's hands and say, Abba, Father, I know that you are able to meet my need. But first of all, what I want to do is focus on what you consider number one, knowing, as Yeshua tells us in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you.
Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your word here. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness for all the times when we pay lip service to this. Lord, when what fills our screen is what it is that we want and what we demand, what we expect, according to our timing and our manner, Lord, we, we pray that you would purge that from us. Teach us, Lord God, to lay our needs and our desires at your feet and make our number one priority, our number one desire, your number one priority for us to grow in grace and knowledge of you, for us to have your ruach more fully at work in our life so that we are empowered to do the commission you have for each one of us. We pray, Lord God, for eyes to see that and hearts that are eager to embrace it. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen.